The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you could learn more about spirituality and how it can work in your favor, would you be intrigued? Of course you would. It's time to get real. This is Get Real Radio with your host, James Robinson. In our show, we'll interview fascinating guests with the intent of bringing you closer to who you really want to be. Get ready for some of the most profound radio on any airwaves today. Now, here is James Robinson. Welcome to Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson, and today we're going to continue on with the Mastering Emotion series. I want to let everybody know that this has been a great, great experience for me because as I talk about these emotions that everybody has and give people uh, suggestions and tips and practical advice on how to master these emotions, my life is is really turn for the better is uh you know these uh, suggestions and the ways that we can master these emotions really do have a great impact on what we experience what we perceive and whether or not we're actually enjoying our life so i really appreciate the chance to share all this with you because it is dramatically improving my life and today we're going to talk about anxiety and I think that everybody has experienced anxiety at some point or other. It's, uh, if you have never experienced anxiety, then I would like to meet you. I, don't, I want to do more than just talk about it because I think that everybody having, or most people having experienced anxiety pretty much knows what it is. It's that kind of a uncomfortable, tense, stressful feeling that we get Whenever we're anticipating something that we don't want to anticipate, you know, to experience, or it's experiencing something that we don't like, or it's a situation where we're experiencing something that's emotionally painful, or we're afraid that we're going to experience something that's emotionally painful. It's, you know, one thing that I used to joke about when I would teach classes on self-improvement and magic and how to improve your life, is that for many years, I thought I was happy, and I really wasn't. What I was confusing for happiness was just low-grade anxiety. In other words, for people who are under high stress, for people who are experiencing things that are not what they want, Many times it's hard to break through to happiness simply because of the fact that the best we can do in the moment is to simply have low-grade anxiety. And one of the things that I've noticed through my life is that when I do experience happiness, then all of the pressure is off. All the stress is gone. 
I'm just simply enjoying what's happening at the moment, regardless of whether I particularly like it or not. But when I have that feeling of angst, when I have that feeling that things aren't going the way that I want them to, or if I'm just if I'm really wishing things would be different, that's a clear signal that you're experiencing anxiety. So if you've never experienced this, you should listen to it anyway, because this way you can get into a better understanding of people who are experiencing anxiety. You can empathize with them, you can have compassion for them, and you can have some pointers and suggestions on how to help them overcome their anxiety. Because if there's anything that I hope to accomplish with these shows is how to heal ourselves and how we can help others to heal uh, our pain and our suffering. Now, simply put, anxiety or even stress is the is what we feel when we get uh, when we're reacting to something that's a future threat. Anxiety is different from fear because fear is the body's reaction to a present perceived threat. In other words, it's a, something real is about to happen, and our fear is, is our body's way of reacting to that. Anxiety, on the other hand, is something that we're perceiving that may happen far off in the future. We don't really even have to have a perception of something bad happening. It's just simply... Our body just kind of goes up a level. You know, in the old uh, vernacular, in the old movies where they have levels of readiness, it's kind of like you're going from DEFCON, defensive condition one, up to uh, another level or another level, DEFCON two or DEFCON three. And the reason that our body does that is because it's getting ready for what it perceives to be a threatening situation. It's actually, you know, you're going through the initial stages of fight or flight. And this, the problem with it is that we can live with anxiety for a long, long time and not even know that we're anxious. It can, it's been described as agony or dread or apprehension or terror. It's the mental state that results when sometimes we're facing a challenge and we don't know what to do. We don't believe that we have sufficient skills or knowledge or experience in order to deal with this unknown or perhaps un- unquantified threat that is out there. Sometimes it's just an overreaction to life's triggers that, you know, really should be fairly easy to handle, such as being left alone for a day or not being or not having a micromanaged life or going to a new place or having to go to an occasion or event where you don't know anyone. Other people have phobias, fear of heights, and just thinking about being on a balcony or being on a, a rooftop can cause feelings of anxiety. Other phobias being an open place or talking to a room full of people can really spike that anxiety level. And it's usually 
kind of bubbling right below the surface of our consciousness and can easily be be brought into our consciousness by just thinking of something that's uncom- uncomfortable or challenging or unknown. And so many times we are suffering from anxiety, and there's even a term for it now. It's called general anxiety syndrome, GAS. And it's like so many people have this general anxiety running through their life just below the surface that it causes uh, health problems and it causes, um, you know, the inability to relax and enjoy life. It doesn't take a lot of research to know that there are record numbers of people in our society that are suffering from anxiety. You know, I, I can't tell you how many billions of dollars are spent every year on tranqu- tranquilizers and medications to help treat this condition. And, you know, the ironic thing is many times a doctor will prescribe something for anxiety and he doesn't even know what's causing the anxiety because often the anxiety is being caused by something that's not physical. It's not a uh, bug. It's not a virus. It's not a bacteria that's causing the anxiety. It's simply emotional issues, emotional triggers that we have not dealt with in a healthy way. We have not mastered this to a sufficient extent to be able to control it rather than being controlled by it. There should be a way to heal anxiety quickly and easily. And probably the best way to deal with it is to recognize that it's not a medical problem. It's not a disease. It's an emotional challenge. The problem is, is for most anxious people, they can't stop thinking about the threat or the perceived future event that is causing the anxiety. And so what we have to do is we have to be able to control that. We have to be able to use these emotions in a way that can benefit our lives rather than have them destroy it. Imagine this for a second. Imagine that you're feeling anxiety. And just just sit there for a minute that there's something that you're anxious about. And if you have to remember something that caused you anxiety, go ahead and do that. Because, and let me tell you something, most anxiety is caused by memory projected into the future. So all you have to do is think about the last time you were anxious and you'll be right there. So just sit with that for a minute. And now I want you to imagine that there's something that you're really excited about experiencing. Imagine, for example, it's Christmas Eve and you're eight years old and you're going to get some wonderful presents for Christmas and you don't know what they are. But you're so excited anyway that you can't sleep. You can't even imagine, you can't relax enough to even get some sleep so you can enjoy the morning next morning. Those two feelings, those two emotions are so close that it's almost the only difference between the two is your mind's deciding which one it's going to be. 
In other words, one of the best techniques I know to deal with anxiety is just simply relabel it as excitement. And rather than be anxious about something bad that's going to happen, use that feeling to be excited about something great that's going to happen. And just sit with that for a moment. You know, one of the obvious symptoms of persistent anxiety is an intense fear or concern that something bad is going to happen, something that's going to hurt is going to happen, or you're going to not get something you really want, or you're going to lose something you really want. And so day after day after day of experiencing this persistent anxiety can cause physical symptoms like restlessness, the inability to focus, constant sweating, inability to sleep, or just simple tension in your body. You know, you can be fearful in situations that you really don't know what there is to be afraid of. You know, the worst part about anxiety is this sinking feeling that something is going to go wrong, but you don't know what. Or something's going to go wrong and you won't know how to handle it. Or even some family member may get sick and you won't know what to do. You know, sometimes these fantasies that we talk ourselves into or we think ourselves into can be pretty ugly and they cause anxiety. I think that the fundamental underlying cause of anxiety is the belief that in some way danger is lurking. And, the, and it's an illusion. And that's the real problem for most people is that they don't recognize it as an illusion. They think it's real. And as long as we think it's real, it's almost impossible to deal with it because If we think something bad is going to happen, we will create anxiety because that's our body's natural reaction to unforeseen and unquantified danger. Now here's something that I learned along the way that makes so much sense to me, and that is chronic anxiety is often caused by childhood trauma. Let me give you an example. If your parents micromanaged you and criticized you regularly, you will develop the belief that you can never do anything right. I can remember bringing home report cards that were pretty much in the middle of the road, B's and C's. And I was often chastised by both of my parents for being lazy or stupid or lackadaisical. Then I always got the speech that I would be a failure in life if I didn't get my grades up. <laughs> you know, the, I guess the real irony of that is I went on to law school. And at my graduation, my father came up to me and expressed disappointment 
that I didn't get more than the 12 academic honors that I won. I just had to shake my head and go, what is it that I have to do? And with those repeated disappointments, it's no wonder that I spent most of my adult life with anxiety. Because I had the belief that I would never please others or live up to their expectations. So it's one thing to encourage our children, but constantly criticizing them will, I guarantee you, will cause them to have anxiety problems later in life. Another source of childhood trauma is divorce or abusive parental relationships. If a child can't feel safe at home, or if he doesn't feel safe around his parents, he will never feel safe. Although this oftentimes involves actual physical abuse, if you have a parent who has a hot temper, or you feel like you're the other parent can't or won't protect you from the parent that's so angry all the time, or somebody important dies and the child loses somebody that they love very much, they lose their trust, they lose their ability to feel safe, and they will grow up with the sense that life is a scary place and you can't trust anyone will be there for us. It's pretty obvious that children have needs, and if they're not fulfilled, they will grow up anxious and insecure. What they need is to feel loved, wanted, safe, and cared for. And they have to hear this every day because they don't have an adult view. They have to have this constant reinforcement that they are safe and feel secure or they will not learn how to live with that. So if you're suffering from anxiety, all you have to do is look at your childhood. If you know somebody that's suffering from anxiety, this is not a uh, wimpy kind of view of the world. They may be struggling with childhood memories that they don't even remember consciously. They may be struggling with a childhood that they simply haven't told you about. They may may be suffering and you may be suffering from the fact that you weren't nurtured adequately growing up. And that's one reason why some people have such a hard time learning to trust each other. And that can go a long way towards causing many, many problems uh, with forming relationships, with their being irrational or even unable to connect with people around them. You know, it's during the early years of a child's life, somewhere between birth and seven years old, that we are the most vulnerable and our unconscious memory patterns are stored. So 
if you had traumas during that period of time and you don't remember them, you won't know why you're anxious. You won't know why you're suffering from low-grade anxiety until you start searching, start asking people, and trying to find out what traumas may be lurking under the surface. Because this is the only way that you're going to learn how to love yourself. If you're constantly anxious, if you're, con- if you're in a victim mode, in other words, if you think that things are going to happen to you because they happened to you in your past, it's very difficult to form a loving relationship with yourself. And, it's, and you're always, when you're anxious, you're always looking for evidence that you have a reason to be anxious. In other words, you're always looking for that fly in the ointment. I know in my past relationships, it was very difficult for me to see the big picture. It was very difficult for me to love somebody as a human being. And because primarily I was looking for proof that I shouldn't trust them. And so I could overlook the fact that somebody was loving and caring and compassionate and wanted the best for me because I was looking for all of the evidence that they didn't like me, they were going to leave me, they were going to reject me. And so I was always super hyper-critical about their behavior. And if they, God forbid, should do something that... I interpreted as being a threat or proof that they didn't really love me, then I would go into full-blown anxiety and the relationship would suffer. I mean, who would want to be with somebody that was constantly focusing on the things that you did that they didn't like? That, that's no way to have a relationship. And there's no way that that kind of relationship is going to thrive. It, of course it's going to suffer and die. So what I had to do was stop looking for the fly in the ointment. I had to stop looking, focusing on the things that I didn't like and start focusing on the things that I did like. I had to go back and look at my childhood and look at what I would do for myself as an adult that I couldn't do for myself as a child. When you're around children that have not been nurtured and whose needs were not met properly so that they could be a self-loving individual, it can be very difficult to help that person heal. But it can be done. And we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. You know, one of the things that we have to deal with if you have low-grade anxiety or you have general anxiety disorder or symptoms is that you have to find a way to, to fill your emotional needs both as an adult and a child. Because if they weren't health, you know, managed in a healthy way in your family growing up, if your parents were inconsistent 
with their love and affection or fail to teach you how to be self-loving, then you're going to have problems. For those children who suffered childhood traumas that was in, you know, either physically or mentally or emotionally abuse, you know, these traumas severely affect the way that the child will see their environment. And if, and if we don't do something about this, then they will grow up to be a, quote, nervous person. And they will have very uh, troubling times trying to relate to anybody. We've had several shows I would like to remind you about that have great techniques to deal with anxiety, stress, and trauma. These included our show on EMDR to to treat post-traumatic stress syndrome with Dr. Francine Shapiro. Uh, We had Rebecca Scott and her havening techniques. There's wonderful places to go that you can be nurtured and healed, such as Creek and Lodge in Ireland. We had Jonathan Keenan, who is the general manager there, uh, talk about healing, self-discovery, and growth. There's our teachers like Derek O'Neill, who's been on the show several times. We have Bradley Nelson in the Emotion Code, Dr. Bernie Siegel, Dr. Charles Glassman, also known as the Coach MD. Just go through our archive index, and you can find a lot of shows where you can draw on these many uh, very effective modalities to help you deal with anxiety. So when we come back, I'm going to give you some other tips and suggestions and techniques that uh, will help you with your anxiety, help you learn to be happy, learn to be relaxed, calm, and peaceful. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after a short break. And this is Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson. And thanks for listening. We'll be right back and talking more about anxiety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. On the morning of August 5, 1962, the world awoke to the shocking news that Marilyn Monroe, one of the biggest icons in Hollywood history, had been found dead. What really happened that night? Join Nina Bosky as she seeks to uncover both the life and tragic death of Marilyn Monroe and what keeps her so popular over 50 years later. Good Night Marilyn Radio, live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even co-worker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things, and together you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite, live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. 
Do you feel like you are alone in a desert? Often we feel alone with no place to turn for help and guidance in our troubles that always seem to be so overwhelming. Stop. Take an hour each week to tune in to Stream in the Desert with Dr. Rita Huang. Dr. Rita will share stories of people just like you, intended for you to find some inspiration in their problems and solutions. The most important thing is that you are not alone. Others have been in the same place. Share some time with us every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific, and on demand on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. That's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Get Real Radio. I'm your host, James Robinson, and today we're continuing our series on mastering your emotions, and the topic for the day is anxiety. And we were talking before the break about uh, anxiety, where it comes from, what, it, what effects it has on us, and I wanted to continue on with the physical effects of anxiety, and because when people are subject to constant anxiety, it can have an inevitable effect on our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual bodies. And the problem is that the more anxious that we are, the more anxious we will become. And it, it's like a buildup of negative thoughts, beliefs, and emotions. If you've ever been anxious, you will know that you're Anxious people's minds are very quick. In other words, they're constantly thinking. The mental chatter is nonstop. There's no space between your thoughts. And this hypervigilant state does not allow our intuition or our sixth sense or our right brain to enter into our consciousness. Many people feel disconnected from themselves and others when they're really anxious. It's kind of like we're in a bubble of fear. Many times when we become anxious, the biggest concern is, will life ever work out? We worry and obsess about what to do next. An anxious person's brain races and chatters, and it fills our energy field with worry. So calmness and our higher brain functions cannot get through all of that noise and chatter of an anxious person's brain. And as a result, our physical body is overrun with toxic energy and it results in a lack of mental clarity and will eventually result in physical aches, pains, and disease. The biggest problem is people who suffer from anxiety 
bypass our natural way of letting go of fear because we get trapped in our thoughts. Usually thoughts about our unconscious or subconscious traumatic memories. And the real, you know, again, this, this whole scenario is an illusion. But the problem is, is that our anxiety paints a picture of disaster that is so believable and is so uh, real that anxious thoughts quickly become obsessive, running through one fearful outcome after another. And I call this worst-case scenario thinking. Now, as a lawyer, I was trained to be focused on worst-case scenario thinking. And that's because as a trial lawyer especially, you have to anticipate everything that can go wrong and have a solution for it at your fingertips. And this is actually a survival technique that we carry with us because the more you obsess on wrong things that will happen and try to figure out what to do, then we can be in control. We can have the answer ready if something bad happens. The problem and the illusion of all of that is that these bad things usually don't happen. The saying is 99% of what we worry about never happens. But what do we spend 99% of our time thinking about? It's stuff that never will happen. So we can never access that part of our brain that is creative, is forward thinking, is can anticipate good things that's going to happen to us because we're focused and obsessed on all the wrong things, all the bad things. My experience has been that the more anxious you are, it makes it almost impossible to make rational decisions because we're always reacting to stuff that's not real. Anxious thoughts become more and more believable, even though the disasters that we fantasize about are not reasonable at all. Rationality is not what matters. It's what you believe that matters. And if you have this subconscious program running that something wrong is going to happen, then how are you going to plan for the good things? So... The first thing I would suggest, the first tip on how to deal with anxiety is to remember to choose good, uplifting thoughts, positive thoughts. The more you can think positive thoughts, the more you can form new and uplifting beliefs. As I stated before we broke, anxiety is caused by a runaway mind. It's a runaway mind that's being fueled by unconscious traumatic events. And another way of saying this is that we're totally out of our bodies and we forget who we are. And when we get caught up in the whirlwind of thoughts of an anxious mind, we totally forget what to do and we become lost. So what kind of good thoughts can we think when we're out of our bodies 
and we're fantasizing about all the terrible things that are going to happen to us, and our blood pressure is spiking, and we don't know what to do. So write this down and post it on your refrigerator. Post it on your bathroom mirror. Post it on your inside of your front door so it's the last thing you see when you walk out into the world. Write statements like, I am happy. Or, I can handle anything that happens today. Or, I am going to love everyone that I meet today. Or, I am wise. And anything that happens is for my benefit. Now, if you have written all of those things down and post them around your house, they will be reminders of what good, positive thoughts are, and you can focus on those. Now, one of the most basic techniques for accessing the good parts of our brain, the, you know, the creative part of our brain, is to calm down. We have to connect with more peaceful and rational thoughts to get out of our irrational minds and into what I call our heart. Now, if you're at DEFCON 5 and your anxiety levels are going through the roof, it's very difficult to calm down. Now, there are very effective techniques for retraining your mind and to heal trauma, some of which I mentioned before the break, like EMDR, Havening, Neuro-Linguistic Programming, or NLP. You can go to psychotherapy. And if you want to contact me at james at jamesgrayrobinson.com, then I can help you find some resources if you are experiencing overwhelming anxiety. Because it wasn't so long ago that I lost all of my money. I was unemployed. I was, every relationship that I'd had had failed. And I didn't know what to do. So my anxiety levels were very, very high. But following these techniques that I'm going to give you now has helped me to calm down, to look at the big picture, to understand that I was not a loser, to understand that I had many talents and many gifts that I could share with people, and I am no longer anxious. In fact, I'm pretty calm and peaceful these days. So what you have to do is you have to be still long enough to disconnect and detach from our negative thinking. The easiest way to do that is to breathe deeply. And we're going to do this exercise right now. So... Unless you're driving an automobile at 65 miles an hour, I wouldn't recommend this, but you can certainly 
replay this show anytime you want when you can sit and be still and not have to make life uh, changing decisions every three seconds. Simply breathe deeply, counting from one to four on your inhale. One, two, three, four. And hold it for four. One, two, three, four. And exhale, four. One, two, three, four. And then simply hold the exhale for four. One, two, three, four. Keep repeating this deep breathing until you can actually feel the air going in and out of your lungs through your mouth or nose. Let your head drop until your chin is resting on your chest. Let your shoulders relax and physically drop your shoulders as they relax. Touch the tips of your fingers on your left hand to the tips of your fingers on your right hand. And imagine an electrical current passing through your fingertips back and forth. So focus on the air coming into your lungs, healthy, rejuvenating air, and breathe out all of your concerns and worries and anxiety. Feel the electricity going back and forth from fingertip to fingertip. And slow your thinking down. Focus on the gaps between your thoughts and make them longer and longer. If you like, sigh ah, as you're exhaling. And imagine your body relaxing. And simply focus on the fact that the, whatever is causing your anxiety is an illusion. It's not real. It's simply something that your mind has come up with so that you can't relax. In many ways, our minds are our friends, but in other ways, our minds can be limiting They can interfere with our ability to enjoy our life. And so just let your mind go. Just cut the attachment to thinking and just experience for the next 30 seconds what it's like to breathe deeply and feel life, prana, energy going from your fingertips to fingertips. Notice how your body is feeling and make yourself comfortable. If you feel tense, simply move or stretch. If you're so if your anxiety level is so high you can't even talk, hum a tune. Anything, a childhood nursery song. Row, row, row your boat. Just hum it. Use your vocal cords. And relax.
Once you've noticed that your anxious thoughts have subsided or at least been reduced and hopefully stopped, lay down for a few minutes and feel your body completely relax. Imagine that you are filled with golden light, which expands your body until you are larger than the sun. Feel all of the causes of your anxiety fall out of your body and disappear forever. And just stay still for about 10 minutes. Another way to dealing with anxiety is just to imagine that your anxiety is somewhere in your body and feel where it is. What shape is it? What color is it? Now surround that anxiety with a purple fire, a purple flame. This is a little magic trick that you can use to transform negative energy into positive energy. Purple flame is a ancient visualization technique that people have been using for thousands of years to transform their emotions, negative emotions, into whatever it is that they want. And as you are imagining the purple flames, the purple fire, burning your anxiety to ashes, imagine what is being transformed into. In other words, Imagine it's being transformed into happiness or joy or peacefulness or love. Breathe deeply as you are watching the purple flame burn up your and transform your anxiety. As you are concentrating on the purple flames burning and destroying your anxiety, transforming your anxiety, simply say to yourself, I am safe, calm, confident, and peaceful. And breathe deeply. I am safe calm, confident, and peaceful. One last technique I'd like to share with you is what I call the big picture 
technique. And it's really good when we're focusing on everything that's wrong. So if you're suffering from anxiety because you're focused on one thing or a couple of things that you perceive that's going to go wrong and have terrible consequences, we have to focus on a bigger picture. So imagine there's a painting on your wall. It can be a painting of your favorite place. It could be a painting of a mountain pasture filled with wildflowers. It could be a painting of someone you love. Now this painting is at least 10 feet by 10 feet. If you can imagine a painting that large. So if you have that in your visualization, there's a 10 foot by 10 foot painting that's of the most beautiful landscape or person or art that you can imagine. You notice that in the lower left-hand corner, there's a little speck, there's a little tear, there's a little piece of mud or dirt that seems to mar the painting so that the painting is not perfect. It could be a hole. could be a, a, a little uh, tear or anything that makes the painting not perfect in your mind, whatever perfect is. And so if you're one inch from there, that's all you can see. You can't see the rest of the painting. So you have to back up. And when you're backing up, you start to notice the rest of the picture. And you start to see that that little bitty speck, that little tear, that little piece of dirt in the lower thing isn't as damaging as you might have thought. In fact, the further you get away from the painting, the more perspective you have, you start to appreciate what a beautiful painting it is. And the more you look at it, the more you realize that what you saw in the lower left-hand corner has disappeared. All you can see is the beauty of that painting. All you can see is all of the beautiful colors or all the positive things in that painting that you love so much. And in reality, that little speck on the 10-foot by 10-foot canvas is what we're so anxious about. And the canvas is our life.
You don't have to obsess on the anxiety. You just have to back up from it a little ways. Give yourself some perspective and see all of the things that you like about your life. And if you like that painting, why don't you paint your own painting? Go buy some a canvas. Go buy some paints. Go buy some brushes and paint your own painting. And while you're at it, take a little black paint and paint something in the corner and see how much that adds to the beauty of your life. Create the life you want to see. If you're a computer guy, use a graphics program. If you're a painter, paint something. If you're a poet, write the life you'd like to see. And if the pen should leak, even better. Because sometimes what we perceive as a cause for anxiety is the spice that makes our life so great. So this is Get Real Radio, and I'm James Robinson. You don't have to worry. Everything's going to turn out great. And I hope you enjoyed this little piece of bliss and calmness and peacefulness on how to deal with anxiety. Stay tuned for next week when we'll have another show on mastering our emotions. And thank you for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. Please join us again next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This week, open up your heart and look inside your spiritual self. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 